Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Numbers. My name is Paul Jantz, where each week I'll have the pleasure of chatting to the stars of our accounting industry. From leaders of accounting firms to leaders of companies that are dealing and working with accounting firms, it's all happening here on Talking Numbers. Stay tuned as we continue to drop the big names of big people in our industry. It's Talking Numbers. Well, welcome back to Talking Numbers. My name is Paul Jans, and it's my opportunity where I can chat to some great people in our accounting industry. One to share their story and hopefully also provide all of our listeners with just a little bit of education to maybe what they're doing in their firm that maybe you can start doing in your firm. Now, today I have the pleasure of chatting to Amanda Kanifak, CEO, sorry, I was about to say CFO, CEO of Power Tynan, a pretty proactive firm out of Toowoomba in Queensland. Amanda, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. Thanks for the sure invite. I want to make sure I give you the right title. <laughs> oh, I, I do a bit of everything. So okay. <laughs> I was going to say you probably would too. <laughs> now, it's been an interesting start, obviously, to 2020. Um, we were just having a quiet chat over that on what's been going on here in Melbourne since March. Um, have you guys been affected over there by COVID in Toowoomba? Um, obviously, nowhere near as much as you guys have been affected in Melbourne. Um but, yeah, I guess just when it first sort of started, there was, a you know, that big scare moment of what's next. Um, but ongoing, like probably just a bit more cautious um, and looking at different things. Um, certain parts of our business went a little bit quiet um, for, for a little while, I think, as, as the whole world or, or, you know, all of Australia kind of went, oh, what's next? Um, but then certain projects and stuff have started happening again. So went a little bit quiet um, during the sort of March, April, May, but probably since uh, June, end of June, July, August, yeah, we're definitely back doing a lot of project work and, um, yeah, very busy with even just normal compliance stuff with a lot of um, businesses getting their tax done earlier this year. But, yeah. yeah, the good stuff with the projects is now back online, which had kind of pulled pulled up a little bit because I think yes. as people were facing that little bit of uncertainty, what's what's yeah. it going to look like and all that, um, but most of that's back on track now. So yeah. yeah, which is fairly true, isn't it? Most people go, hang on, I'm just going to put my hands in my pockets for a little while and then, then work out how long this is going to last for. And um, yeah, unfortunately, it's lasted a little bit longer here in Melbourne. Yeah. But, mm. So what do you think is um, sort of one of the takeouts or the biggest learnings from the pandemic that you've seen that you can share with our listeners? Probably, to be quite honest, because I know we even did the same thing here, putting our hands in our pockets and went, oh, let's just hold off on that for a little bit. Um, but I wish we hadn't on certain internal projects that we were doing because now we're, we're, you know, we're really busy with everything and trying to do those projects as well. So I think the learning for us was don't put things on hold thinking things were going to go back to the normal or, um, you know, like, put them on hold for certain events to happen. So, for example, we always have a team um, day in July where we talk about the strategies and the initiatives for the next 12 months of the business and and we sort of went with the um, let's wait until maybe August because then we'll have everyone working back in the office and not, you know, having a few people working or a fair few people working from home and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. And that was when Queensland kind of started getting a few more cases again. So we sort of went, oh, let's not be back in the office and separate out. So I think by trying to go, oh, let's wait and things will go back to a little bit more what we're used to, it would actually 
ended up doing our whole strategy day via Zoom with no one in the office. So it was oh, completely, completely opposite to what we'd actually wanted and planned, if that yes. makes sense. So, yeah, I just think that was the big take home for me is that we've got to learn, you know, to live with this virus and however it floats around, but don't put things on hold to, you know, wait for it to go back to normal or to be, you know, better or whatever. Like potentially it's just it is what it is and you're just going to have to find the best way to do it for now. Yeah, it's a good point because there is no getting back to normal no. because normal is going to be looking very different moving forward. Well, and that's the thing. I don't think anyone knows what the, you know, what will look like. So we um, we actually did a bit of a webinar with one of our clients, Sea Change Consulting, um, called Navigating the New Norm. Okay. Um, and really, like, everyone was, oh, what are we going to get out of that? And I'm like, you're not going to get at too many answers as such, but what it's given us is tools. And we did it with the entire team, um, just giving us tools on how to have the conversations, put, you know, certain initiatives or innovations in place to be able to throw ideas up and, yeah, work out what, what's going to happen next. So that was a really well worthwhile effort for the whole team to go, Not things aren't going to get back to the normal, but let's work out to make sure we don't, I guess, miss opportunities or misdirect ourselves by not thinking out of the square of what we can do going forward as well. Love it, love it. And that's that, that proactive side that I mentioned before that you guys are very proactive. Now, we're going to get to some of the team stuff soon. Um, but just for our listeners, maybe do you mind sharing a little bit about Power Tynan? Yeah. Um, so like I said, Power Tynan, we're based in southeast Queensland. We've got an office in Toowoomba, Stanthorpe, Roma and Brisbane. Um, we've got clients all over Australia, New Zealand and many other places in the world. Um, we've got, we're a multi, multidisciplinary firm. Like we've got the normal um, traditional accounting services like your uh, tax and advisory and and super, but we've also got um, a leasing and finance part of our business where um, we can do any kind of uh, equipment loans, home loans, anything like that to do for not just power time clients, for anyone looking anyone. for a broker, yeah. um, a broker service. We've got financial planning um, and we have also got a, I guess, a special part of our business which we have also banned, it's branded PT 2.0, and that's mm. in that data analytics and um, I guess really getting the most out of your information that you've got because, as you know, everyone's got a 1,000 different pieces of software and yeah. it would be great to be able to pull information out of that system to actually help you run your business when you need it, not if you, you look at it and you go, oh, that would have been really helpful to have known six months ago. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's a part of our business that we work with um, a lot of clients and a lot of accounting firms on in a strategic way of going, well, what, what are you trying to achieve strategically? Let's make sure we can pull the information out and it goes to the person who wants it when they want it in a really easy way so that they can make decisions for the business. So that's, okay. yeah. Okay. That's, we might, that's we might come back and yeah touch on that in a second as well because I'd, I'd like to find out how you're doing more of that and some of the Yep. the tech applications you're using there as well because I think it's um that's there's a few things there I think our listeners can learn from um with your role and there, there's not too many female CEOs um not that I'm Should aware of I know there's yeah it's well I'm there's definitely <laughs> coming there's more coming through I know that much and there's probably more I suppose I'm more aware of maybe sole practitioners but I suppose how many partners are out there how many or you you run as a you run directors don't you or 
Yeah, so we've got five directors. Um, yeah. We've got a, a team of 62. There you go. Uh, across yep. all the locations. So, yeah, a reasonable sized firm. Absolutely. So what does your, as a CEO, what does your um, a normal day or a normal week look like? Um, and maybe you can share, what are your top three responsibilities as a CEO of a five director, 62 team members? Um, probably the first one is I don't have a normal day or a normal week. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> um, goal. Fair goal. Um, but, yeah, like probably the top three things that I really do is like we've got um, multiple service offerings within the business, obviously, making sure they're all tracking and, and different, obviously, with different industries and different drivers. So making sure I'm up with what's happening in those different industries and talking to the, the um, managers in those areas to ensure that we're delivering and also that we deliver holistic services to our clients so that we're not, you know, siloing things out, that yes. we can actually deliver those holistic services. So I spend a fair bit of time in that space. Um, then it's probably the other thing would be yeah, looking for, I guess, the opportunities of what we can do and what skills that we have in-house and, and what's happening out in the, you know, the broader world in different industries. Um just to be able to ensure that we're either, you know, on top of our game or we need to bring in different projects or initiatives to, to work through what we need to do. Um, and we have a, a very strong, I guess, client or, well, I should say probably a strong people um, mindset in our business and that probably comes from two ways. And I, I do have a bit of a theory and I think, Paul, you've seen me present on this before, but yeah. where I go, if... As owners of the business, if we look after our team, our team will look after the clients and therefore the clients will look after the business and it's a really nice little circle. So I spend most of my time making sure that we're um, looking after the team and the clients because we've got nothing else but our our people and the service that we deliver to our clients and that's the highest priority for us. Yeah, spot on. And uh, look, I'm as you just mentioned just then, I've seen you talk about that before and um, that little message there to everyone that's listening, it's, it's, it's a, I talk about little golden nuggets all the time and I think that is, again, another little golden nugget that if you look after your people, your people will look after your clients, the clients will look after the business. Um, very, very clear. So let's, let's get into that a little bit more and let's chat about the, the two key things I want to break down is people and yes. let's say the tech side, which will come to PT 2.0 as well and so from a people point of view, um, and I know, you know, having known you guys for a little while now as well, you, you were doing things, you've done things differently probably over the last, I don't know, maybe three to five years or is it three years? What have you done? What, what's, what's changed the way that you've looked at that and the way that you can then measure performance? Um, I guess what we've done is we've gone along the lines of the accounting industry and financial services industry as a whole is going to change. Like obviously we we've had financial planning for a long time. So anyone who lives in that world will know the pain and agony of having to deal with the changes that have happened um, in that space. And so as a whole business, we've really made sure that we're, we're we've turned our, I guess, business model um, or we're transform, transforming our business model into what, we see is the new model for accounting firms and financial services firms going forward to make sure that, you know, we, we are on on track and we're not just living with these, this is how it used to be run, like the old, you know, a third, a third, a third or um, 
charge out rates and hourly billings and all that sort of stuff. So obviously we, we do still, um, interestingly enough, we still do keep, keep timesheets, um, which a lot of firms kind of are amazed that we still do that. But the one of the main reasons I think we've got to keep those timesheets is to make sure more from a internal perspective of what are what are people yes. spending their time on as opposed to traditionally they were potentially used for this is what a client gets billed. Yes. Um, so it's more, yeah, we track what people where we're spending our time, where the where the value's lying and who's doing what. Um, we've shifted a lot of roles um, within the business around. So different people do um, I guess different things than what they would have traditionally in a, in a firm. And we also make sure um, every quarter we actually update individuals, if necessary, um, individuals' KPIs and with what's going on in the world. So COVID actually sounds really awful to say. It wasn't a huge drama for us in having to have that longer term mixed in with that shorter term view of how do you make sure that what you're chasing and your drivers in your business need to you know, you need to be agile and nimble to shift them up quite quickly to make sure that you're achieving that longer-term focus that has something been something that we've been doing for, like you said, probably three, four years now, making sure yeah. that we're, we're trying to keep on top of that. Um, we also use a, and have been using for about three, four years now as well, a program called Everperform that you know as yep. well, um, where we do fortnightly pulses and we also do other pulses either quarterly or six monthly on our on a, on a guess with how the team's feeling and, and what we're doing in the business to make sure we're proactive in that. So with fortnightly pulses and the questions that we're asking, we can actually see and hopefully get in front of a, a team member um, potentially struggling or not um, getting their hours or their billings or whatever and, and trying to work out what the issue is. So it might be something as simple of, you know, they're not having a great time at home or maybe it could be something that they they didn't know, they don't know what their job is, they're not clear on expectations or whatever it might be. But we've found yes. by doing that um, we can actually, and you can actually see it in the data, like once you have a chat with with someone about whatever their issue might be based on the survey, their results tick back up. So we've had um, an increase of up to 18% um, turnaround in individuals' billings and time and all that just by not having that, you know, that slow decline over a couple of months or until the next staff review or whatever it might be yes. that we've actually been able to turn that, that um, I guess, downtime or that slide into downtime around. So... Yeah, we, we sort of look at it in, in a different way and, and do have a lot of that data which links into that data analytics piece that we've we've got that we don't spend hours capturing this data. It's stuff that we've got that we can easily turn into usable drivers of the business as well. Yeah, it's a funny thing is um, we were just talking offline about the virtual lunches that we've been hosting every fortnight and this got brought up, funnily enough, uh, on Friday we were talking about performance we were talking about accountability we were talking about teams and funny enough one of the firms that was on the line not the guy i was interviewing um, but he raised it with regards to how do we start changing the way that we look at our team members and funny enough i spoke about the call it the reactive to the proactive mm. um and we mentioned ever perform at the time where you guys have 
And and I think, you know, it's probably been 18 months or so, I suppose, Amanda, but we've, is it, is it fair to assume you've still gone to the process now and you've, you know, you've just commenced a new financial, you've totally eliminated the annual review? Yeah, oh, well, we still have a review, but not in the way it used to be because we have monthly catch-ups and quarterly catch-ups, so it's non... It's just a progressive ongoing thing. Um, our annual reviews now are more annual looking forward. What yes. what's this year hold for you? We literally would not spend two minutes on what happened last year. It's all about these are the expectations and what we're going to do going forward for next year and, and the years on and spend a lot of time um, in those catch-ups more confirming, you know, okay, what's the... What's your 12-month goal? What do you want help with? That sort of stuff, which really just keeps on rolling forward. Um, it's We still call it, I guess, an annual review, but not in any way, shape or form like what it used to be. We actually pull the 12-month data out of, um, which it's I kind of laugh with the guys from Everform. I wanted a one-pager, <laughs> which is like about seven pages. <laughs> but um, we do 360 reviews at that time based yep. on, you know, what managers or other peers think of them based on different questions. And we really use it as a really proactive let's move forward. We're not sitting there going, I remember back in April you did this job. And yes. You this, but we have, with that just doesn't get discussed because that's just an ongoing process. Yes, correct. Um, we, we're definitely in that proactive look forward. How do you, because like if you go back to that, you know, we look after the team, the team looks after the client's scenario if we're helping the individual improve um, and self-improve, then our team as a whole improves. So True. you're winning on, on all levels in that. So, yeah, definitely not the, the traditional stuff reviews. It's, it's more let's plan your goals and how they fit into the business for the next 12 months. Yep. And I suppose it's, as, as you mentioned before, there's an 18% turnaround in billings. Yeah. So the, the, the proof is in the pudding. Um, just a quick one on that. As I know a lot of firms that we would speak to and a lot of firms may be listening to that might be thinking, what do the team members think of this? Obviously, you've got 62 team members. Yep. How does the team adopt or how the team adopted what you've done there with that process? Um, I think you, with any change and any change management, um, the first question is, what's in it for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? And I know that sounds harsh but that's exactly that's true. You know, you've actually got to be able to to get the individual engaged in wanting to participate they've actually got to go well what what's in it for me I know when we first bought in ever perform as a bit of a tool everyone's like oh is this like big brother checking yes. in on what I'm up to yes. um, that sort of thing which that got dispelled after about a month um, of using it because they could see it was actually being used to help them and like I said, if you help them and that individual improves and the team becomes stronger, which means the business becomes stronger. So it's just, I guess, a different way of um, thinking and mindset. Um, we made or have made available for all of the team members to read um, that, what's her name, Caroline, I can't think of that last name now, on growth mindset, um, just about looking in, at things in a different way um, you know, some some team members were slower in adopting it, but once they all sort of went, oh, okay, so you're interested in my self-improvement because then I'm a stronger member of the team, which means I have more confidence, which means I can look after clients better and talk to people better. And, and they all they all got it 
um, and, un- and understood that quite quickly, that it was actually a win-win for everyone. Yeah, and I good. think the big thing is you've got to be really open and transparent as to why you're doing these things. If if you're doing something like that to, you know, throw the carrot out there just so you can whack their hands off with a stick down the track, it's not going to work. Yeah, very true. Very true. That's good. And, you know, that's that's the great thing about, um, you know, the, some of the stuff you are doing. I know that there's there's all sorts of fears. Even some people like doing it anonymously. Some don't like doing it anonymously. Um anonymously if i can say the word there's there's all those added benefits in there to how quickly you can act when you know how someone's feeling and i think you said the word before you 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 get to understand how people are feeling and in today's world yeah that's pretty important oh it's huge and i i think like we've had that discussion here a few times like i said we do 360s um we do a, a lot of that sort of stuff but i i don't think you'd get anywhere near the the leverage as a business by doing it anonymously. I really think you just have to have those upfront conversations and do the change management well um, because you get so much more out of it. Like it's it's of no help to you if you've got 60 or 100 team members and you go, I know 20 are hating life. If you don't know who those 20 are, you're not going to be able exactly. to help them. And yeah. it, this, uh, you know, it allows us to be able to, I guess customise what each individual wants in a quick and easy way so that it doesn't take up a lot of time as well. Yeah, good, good. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Now let's let's quickly switch to the tech side of it then. So um, because you mentioned PT 2.0. Tell me about that. Um, so, yeah, we started PT 2.0 probably about two, three years ago um, based on, the, on, I guess, a bit of a need that we had a lot of... Um, conversations with other accounting firms this is how it started I suppose other accounting firms that are going I know we've got all this information because we input it into different programs but god it'd be great if we could pull it out and be actually be able to make decisions on on that information Um, and then we started having conversations with clients of ours who were on you know different software that the reporting wasn't that great Um, so we started yeah just having all these conversations and we were very lucky to have a um a couple of guys here who have an interest, I guess. So some of you might know Dan Beck from around the circuit. He's He often talks at different events. He does. He does. Um, so, yeah, Dan heads up our PT 2.0 area. And another guy, Nathan, um, he's actually an, an engineer, so he's slowly learning the accounting world, but mm. being able to do the coding and all the things in behind the scenes. And we, uh, touch wood to this date, haven't actually had a project that we haven't been able to uh, deliver on and get different software because if you think about a business you might have five or six different pieces of software that have got all this information in and you're either not able to get it out or you're spending a lot of time doubling up and keying in data twice or you know we had one client that said I'd love this report but I hardly ever run it because when I run it it's such a big report it um, shuts my system down and takes half a day to yes pull it all together which yeah. we now have automated that report as an example of what we can do. So that report now is automated and they can look at it every, um, I think it's five minutes it runs now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, obviously then that in that business, for example, I was talking to him at a Christmas party um, and he said, I swear having this and this information in place has saved us a million dollars this year because I was suppo- I was able to make decisions based on accurate data at the right time 
So I guess that's probably the theory that we, we run to going, wouldn't it be great if you could have all of the information at your fingertips when you wanted it in the format you wanted it in? And we overlay that as well with our Everperform results and, and go, we can see the whole picture if we can bring the Everperform into that piece as well because you can see the people, the, you know, the financial figures or the whatever other software you've got. It might be logistics or whatever it might be. Yes. If you can see that whole view, then you're looking at all your drivers and it's amazing the decisions that you can make with that view. So that, that's probably the underlying basis of where PT2 came about is to make sure that you've got the information quick and easy so you're not spending half your life pulling reports yes. coming to you when you need it in the format you need it to make decisions for the betterment of your business. Brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Now, as this is called Talking Numbers, um, are you okay to share? You, you, you spoke about a multidisciplinary firm. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, your core being the accounting, but obviously all sorts of different areas. Where has most of the growth come from in the firm? Are you able to share some of the numbers and how that has all worked out? Yep. Um, the growth in our firm. So we're, we've probably nearly doubled over the last five years. Um, in turnover, and I always yep. say turnover is just ego, so don't get too excited <laughs> about turnover. Um, but we True. have doubled in in turnover over the last yeah about five years, um, four and a half years. Um, our net profits has doubled in that time as well, so that that's good. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, the growth has honestly been in. Um, it is definitely still in that accounting space, but in that advisory area of being able to help businesses um, move forward with, I guess, whether it, it could be like a restructure or it could be uh, strategic advice or it could be better set up of their systems or all of that sort of stuff. So it's actually really sitting there and having the conversation with clients about what what it is for them that's causing them the headache. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's... Um, because someone might have an issue with marketing. So, you know, we've got a, a network of people that we'll put people in touch with So because I hate pointing out problems and going, oh, good luck, can't help good you with luck. that. Good luck, yeah, exactly. Um, trying to make sure we've got a network of people that we can pull together and, and help those businesses and the people really help achieve their goals. So it, it sounds really weird, but across all of the different services that we've got, whether it be supers uh, might have grown because we've got we're talking to people about their long-term succession and retirement planning um, which then in turn means super funds grow or financial planning grows or because we're talking about retirement or business goals we might do you know business valuations so we've done a lot more in the business valuation space but also to be able to get to that point they go I would need to know what's happening in my business now hence the PT2 Um, 0.0 space so it all kind of links together and that's which I love as the CEO of business it all links together and we're not siloed out into distinct areas like obviously we can we track the the different areas but if I look at the fundamental why are we growing and where is the growth coming from it's that assistance that we're giving our clients to be able to achieve their long-term goals and they're all at different stages so some might be at the data gathering stage where you know, PT 2.0 comes into it. Some might be at the stage, you know, early 30s, young kids going, I, would, I want to retire at, you know, 55, 60, what do I need to do? So we go financial planning and pull all that in um, to go, let's make sure we put 
an extra, you know, five grand a year into super, which means you get this at retirement. So yes. it's all that advice piece depending on what, what area, I guess, what position the client's in at the time. And that's that holistic approach you spoke about just before? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, PT 2.0 has grown specifically with accounting firms, to be honest. Um, we do a lot with accounting firms to try and help them with their data and to get all of this information in place because I do have a, a bit of a theory. If you don't do it yourself, you can't help other people do it. Um, so we obviously do all of this ourselves and we also are trying to work with a lot of other accounting firms to help them with that information so that then they can uh, flow that, that out to clients because I don't. I guess I don't believe too much in um, competition as such in the accounting world. There's not that many of us, and there's a lot of businesses out there. So we don't really. We shouldn't be competing. We should be working together to deliver a, a much better service to the the businesses and the individuals out there. So true, and could not could not agree more. Um, now, to all of our listeners, there were some really good, again, little nuggets there. But one of the things that you just mentioned there was not only turnover, and you're right, that is ego, so well said, but more importantly, double turnover and double net profit as well. So um, that's what you should be aiming for. There's no doubt about that. In the, in, in, you know, So to everyone that's listening, what's your plan to do that over the next five years? So we sit here 2020, uh, but 2025, how are you going to double your current revenue and current net profit? So that's a challenge to all of you that are listening. Um, Okay, how do you see the next five years looking for our accounting industry? What Do you see any major risks, any major changes that are going to come through? Um, I think COVID has actually in some ways helped the accounting industry. Um, I, we're not very good at selling what we do and I, I think the, that COVID has helped the proactive firms who are out there being able to offer the advice um, and that advice piece well to their clients and help them through some tough times. I think sometimes the accounting industry gets a bit of a bad rap that we don't, you know, we don't sell, we don't market what we do, we, we're not very good at marketing ourselves and I think um, COVID has helped us or some of us uh, step out of our comfort zone a bit and um, really engage with the the public and the clients in in being able to say this is what you need to do. So whilst we've always done advice, and I think we all do advice really well in our in different ways, I think it's a lot more knowledgeable um, people out there who are going. I didn't realise the accountants could help me with more than just my tax return. Yes. Um, so I think it pushes that advisory piece. Um, more so into the spotlight and makes it something that whilst we've been slowly probably transitioning over many years with a lot of accounting firms transitioning into that advice piece more so and being proactive and looking forward, I think now is the time and technology because of COVID has advanced and a lot more people are comfortable with technology so that enables us to deliver that um, in a lot more efficient and sustainable way as well. So I'm excited for the next five years. I think the opportunities within the industry and with a lot of industries are endless because of the opportunities of uh, we've learnt that we can be agile and think fast and fail fast and move forward, that technology is doing the, you know, doing the same thing and people are happy to have a crack where I think sometimes before it was like, oh, I can't do that, that won't work, where... COVID kind of, I think, gave an excuse in some ways to be able to go, well, we've got to change. And yes. it made businesses change, which I, I think has been a great thing. 
Yeah, look, uh, look, I agree. I think there's there's plenty of positives to come out of it. Um, but those that see the half glass full will always see the half glass full. And that's the great thing about this because if you're going to well in the well to a certain degree um, of all the negative stuff that's going on, or you can all, or you can either look at the opportunities and take the positives out of what's going to happen over the next five years. So that's brilliant. Um, now you gave a bit of advice there. I just want to wrap up with, is there again, a piece of advice that you can share or a lesson that you'd like to share good or bad? Is there something you'd like to wrap up with? Um, I just think it is that be yourself. Don't try and um, turn into the industry norms. Like, you know, advisory, for example, everyone talks about you've got to do that, but you've got to work out what you're good at and what what fits for you and your clients. It's not a one model or, you know, a one business model for everyone. I think everyone's got to work out what where they fit and don't don't be like sheep and follow what everyone thinks you should be doing. You've got to be comfortable and authentic um, and deliver what, what you'd like to deliver. But I think it's also, yeah, making sure you remember we're all in this together, as they say, mm. but... <laughs> You don't need to, um, I guess you don't need to not collaborate and share. Like I think that's opportunities can be missed out on the fact that people aren't willing to open up and collaborate and share. 100%. And I think that's one of the great things here at C2, you know, with the network, the professional partners network we're being creating. That's exactly what that's done and the ability for people to share all the great things they're doing, some of the mistakes that they've made. So again, you know, it's not about reinventing the wheel. Well, let's, let's share all that and let's be one team while we're all in the same space. Cause that's what it's about. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, again, to all of our listeners, a lot of little golden nuggets here that you can take out and from what Amanda shared to the business, to uh, the team, the tech, the opportunities, Heaps and heaps of things there. So I'm the lucky one. I get to, to, to chat to these great people in our industry. So thanks again, Amanda. I, I love chatting to people that are doing great things in our accounting industry. And more importantly, the, the passion as well that, that, that you and other people have for this industry as well. So all the very best for the new financial year. It's been far too long between our chats. So I look forward to staying in contact with you. Um, but more importantly, thanks for joining us today. No worries. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us to listening to our Talking Numbers podcast. Um, we've got plenty of several big name guests to come. And obviously, if you've liked anything you've heard, please go back. Please like it. Please share it. Please comment on it. Um, and more importantly, if you like what we're doing, please make sure you check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our different socials, The Professional Partners, and you'll find us there. Thanks for listening.